Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958. 931-243-3958. Or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I was standing in the foyer of a church building and a gentleman walked up to me, a, a gentleman that I knew well, a gentleman I, I considered to be friends. Uh, we've known each other a long, long time. And and he said, can, can I ask you something? And that's not something unusual. People walk up to me in the foyers of, of church buildings and auditoriums and places that I make presentations. They do it when I travel. They do it at seminars. They do it at my home church. And so this is not unusual for somebody who want to speak to you for a moment. We step aside from the crowd and he puts his hands in his pocket, which is an unusual position for him. And he kind of shuffles his feet. And this particular friend of mine is, is usually very confident. And he, he lowered his head and, and, and he said, would you kill my dog? What in the world kind of question is that? He looked at me and said, will you, you kill animals all the time and my dog has this cancer and there's nothing we can do about it and I I can't do it. So you have to ask yourself, is this how people see you because you're a hunter? (laughs) I remember hunting with Jim Goins and, well, actually we were frog hunting and we came back to my house and we were preparing the frogs for the skillet and uh, some of the frogs had been captured and some of the frogs had been gigged and so we got pulled one out of the basket and it wasn't exactly ready to be uh, skinned and so i told jim i said what's this i'm going to anesthetize this frog and 
Jim tells me later that in his mind, I was going to cut some special nerve or touch a special place on the frog with a knife and, and render it immobile. I grabbed him by the back feet and smacked him against the concrete. And Jim says, hey, that was kind of harsh. You, you've got to understand that when I started hunting with Jim Goins, that Jim had killed more people than he had deer. Now, we've, we've raised his deer-to-people ratio over the years. But what I did with the frog shocked him, and I had to ask myself, if you can shock Jim Goins, how do, how do people see you? Now, I don't want to paint myself as, as something that I'm not, and, and I don't want to create an, an image that, that, that's inaccurate. But I've I've had to kill some pets. In the state of Alabama, it is legal to euthanize your own pet as long as you do it in a humane way. I'm not sure if it's legal for me to euthanize other people's pets. So when this guy asked me, will you kill my dog? The, the first thing was, what kind of question is that? And the second thing is, hey, what's your dog done that's so bad? And then it was, hey, you know, my dog has cancer. There's this thing growing on him and it's an open wound and it stinks and there's nothing they can do for it. And so when I tell you that that losing pets is not not super traumatic, and now it doesn't mean it doesn't affect me at all, and it doesn't mean that there's not some place where you have to go and become sterile and clinical, but prior to and after it just makes you sick. You just you just hate it. But when you look at this little like like one of our little dogs had a stroke. Something happened cerebrally, and, and he was walking in a circle, and his eyes wouldn't track, and, and he couldn't make a straight line. And, and, and who wants to wait the weekend for the vet to open? And you just do what is humane for the little dog. And, then, and, and I've, I've done that. And I've tracked animals that were wounded and put them out of their misery, uh, a deer got caught in the neighbor's fence, and I killed one with my forty-five. A deer hit my truck. I was coming home from speaking at Exposure Youth Camp, and I was on uh, Brownsboro Road, and I saw something flash across between the ponds and the pastures, and I slowed down, and, and just as I got almost to a stop, something slammed into my truck, knocked my Bible out of the seat. I looked in the rearview mirror, and I saw this deer struggling in the ditch. This was my new truck. I hadn't even had it a year. I grabbed that Dan Wesson out of the glove box and rolled out and said, young lady, you hit the wrong truck. Pop, pop. I took my coat off and my, my preaching coat. I just finished preaching at Exposure Youth Camp, hung it on the rearview mirror, popped the deer on my tailgate, field dressed it right there at the scene of the crime. So, yeah, you know, euthanizing or anesthetizing animals, not a big deal. One of my neighbors caught me on the way out somewhere. And for whatever reason, the only thing I had in, in the car was my RMJ Tactical Tomahawk. RMJ stands for Ryan M. Johnson. If you're interested in a really cool piece of steel, contact that young man. Uh, I think he's a metallurgist at UT Chattanooga, and he makes these uh, Special Forces Tomahawk. Well, I, I took that Tomahawk, and I took the spike, and I dropped it right on the back of the deer's uh, skull, right below the skull plate where his medulla would be if he were a human, and shut the lights out like unplugging a machine. So yeah, you know, getting rid of animals, not a big deal. We're at war with the chipmunks. We catch a chipmunk in the cage. Me and the cage go out to the back of the yard. I come back with an empty cage. Jackie doesn't ask any questions, and 
that's just the way it is. But Sunday, Sunday we, we, we lost, we lost a dog. We had all the puppies placed and somebody backed out on a puppy. And so for a couple of extra weeks, we, we had the little black and white one, the, the little puppy with the tuxedo shirt that they let me name Raider. And I called him Raider and Raider Bear. And we had this nightly routine. He'd come in, or I'd come in, and he'd jump in my lap, and he'd lick my, my beard. And then when he didn't think I was paying attention, he'd grab my drawstring and take off across the floor trying to pull me with it. And, and it never got old. And I said, you're not fooling anyone. I know you're not really trying to give me puppy kisses. You're trying to get my drawstring. He'd wake up at night and, and cry to go outside. And typically, you know, he he's was almost housebroken. And so very rarely did we get a false alarm. But, you know, it's 12 degrees. And I get up and put hunting coveralls on. I put gloves on. I put a hat on. I grab this little guy. We go outside. And he sits down in the frost between my legs and looks up at me like, well, what are you going to do? Why are we out here? Hey, man, let's do something. <laughs> He's just staring at me. No, no, you're supposed to be out here watering the grass. But no, he just wanted to go outside and, and, and have an adventure. Well, the lady that actually owns the dog put on Facebook, we have one puppy left and it's a, a, available immediately. And this charming little family wanted him. They've got two little boys, which is awesome, and, and they've got a pet rabbit named Oreo, which is really, really kind of coincidental and cool, too. But Sunday, they came and got him. I was in Dallas. I'd driven out with the drama troupe, the SWAT guys, the skits with the truth team, and we were doing Challenge Youth Conference in Dallas. And Jackie called and said, hey, they're going to get Raider today. And, and I didn't get to tell him bye. Now, I understand puppies don't have the kind of intelligence that we superimpose on them. A lot of the things they do that looks intelligent is just instinctive behavior. Watch, watch the video on YouTube of the pet beaver that builds a dam between the doorways with stuffed animals and with towels and with rags and with a little tiny Christmas tree. He's not doing it intentionally. He's doing it instinctively. And so, you know, puppies do things and you think, oh, how smart they are. And they're trainable and they respond to operant conditioning. And so sitting down with a puppy and telling him you love him and telling him bye and telling them he's going to a cool place to live would have been an exercise in futility. But I would have liked to have done that. And, and I, I didn't get to. It's been a long, long time. In fact, I don't ever remember sitting in the back seat of a church van in the dark and crying. But I just sat back there on our trip back from Dallas and the tears welled up and then they rolled down my cheeks and we lost Raider. They changed his name to Henry. And he kind of looks like a Henry. I think Raider... Uh, gives him this personality that says you're supposed to get into stuff, which he does. And maybe being called Henry will chill him out. And so here I am, minorly devastated. 
and of the the trauma I've seen done to human bodies and the trauma that's been done to my body and the things that I've been involved in and, and, and even the things that have happened with animals. From my friend's perspective, you kill animals all the time. Well, it's not like that. You'd think that giving a puppy away wouldn't bother you. But yeah, it bothered me. I won't say it broke my heart, but it cracked it a little bit. You see, we had allowed ourselves to think that he belonged to us when, when he didn't. See, we had this fantasy future with Raider. Jackie was like, well, you know, if we get to keep him, I'm going to take him to that school and, and we'll learn, we'll teach him to, to be able to detect when your blood sugar is high or low because they can do that because of this particular smell that diabetics have. And I was already teaching him to, to jog with me. And he was fetching a little bit. And he would come and he would sit and and, and we were, we got caught up in the idea that a puppy that didn't belong to us was ours. And, and then I saw it happen when people came over to socialize the other puppies. We had guests in. We had senior citizens. We had small children. We had strangers come in. We had people bring their pets. We had people bring cats. The, the puppies were supposed to be exposed to all kinds of things. And, and when our guests would come in, you could see them slip into what they call the alternate situation comparison and the current level comparison and the current level was hey we've come over here to see puppies and we don't have puppies and they began to imagine they began to fantasize oh what if we had a puppy and several people said hey we'll buy one of those puppies right now the puppies were sold before they were conceived so there was no negotiation there was nothing able to be done this idea this this puppy fantasy Hey, we'll get this puppy and we'll go home. Well, the first thing that happens is they get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and have to go outside. And they chew everything except the chew toys that you buy them. You can have a special Petco rubber bone laying on the floor, or he can choose to chew a set of glasses, a TV remote, the drawstring on a hoodie, the thing that holds the curtains together, an electrical cord, or the phone charger, and guess which one he'll choose? He won't choose the thing specifically designed by some genius who says, these are the things that puppies like to chew on. No, puppies like to chew on things that puppies aren't supposed to chew on. And so you, you have this puppy fantasy. We'll take this puppy to our house, and it will be wonderful. And then you clean up after the puppy, and and, and, and you have to deal with the things the puppy chews, and, and reality and fantasy don't really match. In fact, when you compare fantasy to reality, fantasy always wins. I'm devastated at my practice when a young couple or an old couple comes in and they've been married a little while or a long time. And somebody says, well, they've, they've got a new pet. And, and it typically starts out, you know, uh, your marriage doesn't have to be a dumpster fire for somebody to have an affair. You see, people who are good at relationships are good at relationships. People who can communicate with their spouse can communicate with anybody. People who can flirt can flirt with anybody. 
And, and so once we get married, some of those things we have to kind of put in a box and, and, and don't take out. Or if you do take it out, you handle with care. But what happens is we begin to visit and, and it's supposed to be just that. We're supposed to go there and visit. We're supposed to have an interaction at work. We're supposed to be on this business team together. Maybe I contacted an old friend that I went to high school with on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And, and then all of a sudden you get the puppy fantasy. What if you were at my house all the time? Now, what happens is you go into this dead zone in your brain where you think the puppy will always stay a puppy. Puppies turn into dogs. And the maintenance and the care and the hard work takes place. And the limerence, the, the idea of being in love, the idea of this flirtatious relationship, the, the idea of the excitement of the courtship, that, that very easily replaces the mundane stuff of, hey, let's get the kids to school and let's sweep the floor and, and, and let's plan our vacation and what are we having for supper? Oh, and by the way, the washer broke. You get into this puppy fantasy you don't think about all those things. It's just look at this cute, cuddly little thing that makes me feel so special and is devoted to me. And you haven't done the math of this. If I take it home, what's actually going to happen at my house? What's actually going to be the reaction? And see, it's very easy to convince yourself that, that you have access and you're the owner and you have a future with a puppy that doesn't belong to you. And, and then when reality confronts you, when you have to admit, hey, I made these plans with this puppy and didn't belong to me. You think it hurts with a puppy. It's devastating with a spouse. Because you have no idea the reaction that, that your spouse has when you've been having a fantasy relationship with somebody else. You can't even imagine the hurt and the betrayal. And, and you know, when I talk to these young people and somebody says, hey, you know, my husband or my, my spouse has, has left the sanctity of our marriage and has had this fantasy relationship with somebody else. If you talk to girls... And a hundred of them have been cheated on. One out of a hundred will say, I can't believe he had sex with her. Ninety-nine of them will say, I can't believe he lied to me. I can't believe he told me he was going to be here and he was there. I can't believe he said this and that wasn't true. And so when the puppy fantasy gets confronted with reality and somebody says, you know what, that, that, that puppy doesn't really belong to you. Now it's time to let it go. It, it, you often end up losing both relationships. And I'm not saying it can't be repaired and, and it's an unforgivable sin. Those kind of things can be fixed with God. Those kind of things can be fixed in a marriage. And it's really the offended spouse. The ball is in their court. And, and it's not about what's, you know, there's really not a right or a wrong. It's a what's smart and what's stupid. And so if you've got a serial offender, that, that's a different response to some anyway. When the puppy fantasy becomes reality, the devastation and the hurt that sets in because you tried to 
act like something that doesn't belong to you belong to you. You pretend that something you didn't have access to, you had full access to. You get to the point where you say, well, I know this isn't mine, but emotionally it feels like it is. And, and then when it's not, devastation takes place. It devastates you. It devastates your spouse. It devastates their parents. It devastates your parents. It devastates your children. It devastates your circle of friends. And it's all because we got into this fantasy thing that said, hey, you know what? Here's, here's, this, here's this thing that doesn't belong to me, but I'm going to pretend it does. I'm going to act like it does. When your relationships with a third party end up being just conversational and you spend more time texting or talking or, or sending messages to them and they know more about you and your spouse than your spouse knows about you and them. We call that an inverse in intimacy. That's in Shirley Glass's book, Not Just Friends. And when you get that inverse in intimacy and, and you start being clandestine or you start keeping secrets or you hide your phone and your spouse doesn't have access to it and you start lying about it, it, it for all practical purposes, it is an affair. Now, it may be a non-sexual affair. It may be a non-consummated affair, but it's just a matter of time. Especially when you're having these relationships and you're having these conversations and, and you're both above board. On a, we're not married and we're not going to be physical. But, you know, if we were to be physical, I can only imagine what your lips taste like. Not that I would ever kiss you because I'm married, but... And the fantasy, the puppy fantasy starts. And it's just a matter of time that somebody touches the other person. And it may be a consoling gesture. It may be a hug. It may be a greeting. It may be a parting. And you've got gas. you got fumes. And you've got fire. And it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And I was talking to one young couple, and then I said, well, how far? And the young man interrupted me and said, Lonnie, you know how far it goes. And he was right. The hardest thing about losing Raider was we had convinced ourselves that he was ours. And he wasn't. And when you leave a promise and you break a vow and you convince yourself that this puppy belongs to you and you go as, to far, you go as far as to act like it belongs to you and treat it like it belongs to you and you bring it into your marriage or you bring it into your family, that puppy becomes a dog. And that dog will bite you. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, A Christ-Centered Approach to Spiritual Self-Esteem. 
Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones, and then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.